What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And with us, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce rejoining us, the Golden State beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who attends every Warriors practice, press conference, shoot, around, and game, and a guy who I'm about 99.9% positive would steal my dog if given the chance, <laughs> Mr. Connor Letourneau. What's going on, Connor? Yo, thanks for having me. Um, I, I wish we were hanging out with Bo right now, but this is a fine alternative. Yeah, no, I mean, I told you that we are recording this over Zoom today as opposed to in person because of COVID. Now that we're kind of far away from it, I'm just going to let you know I was lying, man. I, I just didn't want to bring Bo back over there. I feel like you definitely would have taken him from me. So, I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, I've told you a million times. Anytime you need a dog sitter, I'm all here for it. Yeah, well, and I think I've just told you, I don't trust you. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'll never get him back. But uh, jokes aside, man, we have insane amounts of Warriors news to cover after what, trading water for like four or five months, talking about other teams and other basketball uh, news. We finally have stuff that's related to Golden State. And let me start here. My favorite old school section, the off the court report. Idea is all of us follow this team pretty damn closely, but Connor has connections to them that we can only dream with. Uh, as I mentioned, this guy is everywhere. He's attesting or attending rather their practices and press conferences. And recently, the Warriors just started up training camp for the 2021 season. And I know Connor. You've had a chance to interview some of them. Let me start here, man. What's the vibe around the team? Excited? Apprehensive? What, what's your feel? Um, I would say excited, but it's kind of measured optimism because uh, they obviously know that Clay's injury changed the entire outlook of the season. I think if Clay was healthy, you'd be seeing an extra level of excitement just because they would know that a championship, although – potentially a long shot was at least somewhat in reach was at least, you know, a realistic possibility without clay. That's just not the case. And and they know that. Um, but that being said, these guys have not played an NBA game in almost nine months. And so these guys live and breathe this game and to go that long without it has been difficult. So I think they're just excited to be back in the rhythm of things to be back around the guys. I mean, 
you know, they, they were hungry for it. So um, I think more than anything, there's just a joy from just being around each other right now. As a fan, man, I'm slowly making the transition. So I've said it a thousand times because I'm trying to speak it into existence. I've said I'm over the clay thing. I'm moving on. I'm optimistic, all these things. But I'm actually kind of close to it now. When I think about the Warriors, I'm thinking about their prospects with this roster. And I'm looking where they fit into the league right now, given uh, this makeup for you, Connor, as a storyteller. Have you moved on? You know, it does, is the clay thing still 1A as far as the, the news you want to cover? Or is it kind of getting towards the background and we're now looking at a new year? Well, it's a tough question because I, I think what I'm covering a lot right now and a lot of the stories right now are trickle down effect from the clay injury. So I'm not necessarily writing about clay specifically, but I'm writing about all the ramifications of it, right? So, yeah. you know, I just wrote a piece just now on Andrew Wiggins and and talking about, you know, how much Clay's injury affects his outlook. I mean, one of the th- reasons I think a lot of people felt really high on Wiggins was uh, the fact that he wasn't going to be asked to do too much. Well, you know, that's kind of being thrown out the window a little bit now. He's not going to be the go-to guy the way he was in Minnesota, but – for the Warriors to do anything in the West, he needs to be a legitimate number two option to Steph and also arguably their top perimeter defender, which is a huge ask, um, and a much better three-point shooter than he's ever been. So there's there's a lot. Um, but, you know, that's just one example of the type of stories that I'm digging into because there's just so many repercussions from this clay injury. So basically, all we need from Wiggins is a career effort defensively as a three-point shooter and offensively on almost every position on the floor? Done. Correct. And they need so the same easy. thing with Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore, arguably, um, and Wanamaker. You were talking about Wiggins. We know what we need from them. This is directly from your Twitter account, uh, Connor. It's a, it's a quote from Wiggins. Quote, I put on a couple of pounds of muscle. I definitely feel stronger. I feel fast, stronger coming into the season. I feel the best I've ever felt ever. So I heard you. You know, we need career years. I'm not asking career, but let me start here. Does he, at least attitude-wise, seem prime for a pretty big year? I think so. Um, you know, this is a guy who has, for, for fair or not, has has been derided for his lack of work ethic and and, and his, uh, you know, just his his diligence in the weight room and things like that. You know, you remember the infamous Jimmy Butler quotes um, about Wiggins back in the day, and I think those quotes have kind of have kind of stuck with uh, Wiggins the past few years. Um, but you just, the, to me, the fact that he showed up after eight plus months away from the game as bulked up as he was looking yep. the best he's ever looked, that bodes super well. I mean, that, that says a lot about his commitment level, not only to himself, but to this franchise. And uh, to me that that's, that just speaks volumes. The, the one thing, so when you look back at the criticisms level that Wiggins, no one has ever been like, oh, he wasn't as athletic as we thought he was going to be. No one's ever said, oh, he doesn't have the talent that we thought he would have. What everyone has said from Minnesota and all the critiques have been, oh, he just doesn't seem to care. His effort isn't there. He doesn't lock in. If that's on the money, then this extra pounds of muscle addresses that. It's exactly what you're saying. What it said, you know, if, if this guy had no motivation, there's zero reason for him to go on and put himself in the best shape of his life. If he's done that, it feels like he's locked in. Um, MT, am I, when I read this and I saw the photograph of him, and he does, he looks bigger. It looks like he stole Andre Iguodala's arms. 
am I being ridiculous and taking a lot out of that and in thinking that, hey, maybe this guy really could start reaching some of the potential that we thought he would have when we were using phrases like Maple Jordan coming out of uh, high school? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a heavy dose of optimism and homerism in, in that take. Um, I saw the picture, too, and it's funny. A, a bunch of people blew it up even more and said there's no Photoshop on it. Um, but, you know, ultimately, he's in a new situation. And I think um, how Minnesota, even though they were a great organization when Flip was coach and, you know, you can go back and forth on the ownership with, with Glenn Taylor is um, – you know, it's it's an organization that isn't known for developing players, and he was there for you know his career. And the, so, I think him coming into a stronger organization like the Warriors and having players like Steph in a full season with him, and if he's bulked up and is taking it seriously, you know, he was the number one pick for a reason, and, and you know, Air Canada, Air Maple, all of that for a reason. So, I think he will have a breakout year. It's just to Connor's earlier point, it will take an uh, you know, an fringe all-star level player, um, plus a bunch of other things for us to be competitive, you know, in this deep Western conference. I don't know what you mean by homerism or optimistic <laughs> take. I, I'll tell you last year, there was a remarkably photoshopped picture of Steph with huge arms. I mean, it made him look like he was the Hulk. I think the arms might've even been green. And not only did I immediately buy that picture, hook, line and sinker, I'm pretty sure I tweeted out to the world to anybody <laughs> who said that Steph could never put on muscle. You're hell of stupid. So looking at how I looked at this Wiggins photo through Rose colors lab maybe yeah you might be right on that uh connor over under 25 points per game for wiggins next year what do you take oh definitely under 25 25 25 is a lot man uh i don't think he's ever averaged 25 wait hold on let me double check that no you're right 25 is a lot i just wanted to to double check your math you're on the money uh he's he's never averaged more than 23.6 even when he was the go-to option in Minnesota, so. But how many points does Minnesota uh, put up per game? I mean, they they, they must they put up a lot. They're, the thing about Minnesota is they're just bad defensively. I was really hoping that was not the answer to that question. Um, can I <laughs> ask you that answer. again? <laughs> yeah, and this time you could be like, no, they don't put up that much. Uh, Maxime, we haven't heard from you over under twenty-five, and keep in mind, twenty-five is a lot. <laughs> uh, also under, I don't look. I'm I'm down to be the biggest homer ever. I just realistically i don't think he's going to make that much of a leap what's his best average 23.6 23 so it's 1.4 points more oh come on i i will go i mean i'm I'm already playing the optimistic role here but the way that you guys answered that i thought you were going to say it was like 20 points per game can he put up 1.5 more points per game above his previous average with the Warriors telling him we need you more than anything, he's in the best shape of his life, and he has better teammates who will hopefully create more space. I'm going yes. I'll take uh, I'll take a push. I think he's right around 25. Uh, that only leaves you empty. Ooh, that's tough. Um, I mean, if he's improved his catch and shoot three, I mean, if Steph is healthy and he gives him a lot of good looks, he shot under 40 percent, well under last season. So. Um, if he can up that, then uh, I'll ride the optimism train with you, Bram, and I'll say a little bit over. I'll go twenty-five point six. I think Wiggins shocks the world. Also, MT, check your texts. I'm going to text you a picture of Steph with huge arms. It's really impressive, dude. <laughs> you're you're going to really be uh, happy. And a green about tan it. and a green whatever, dude. That's part of his workout regimen. It just is what it is. Connor, what do you think's realistic? If you were shedding the over/under on this number, what would be your uh, 
your figure be? I put it around 20 points per game. Um, I think you got to keep in mind that Steph's going to be getting plenty of shots up. They need Steph to be averaging a good 30 points per game. Um, And then you got Oubre in there. I think Oubre is capable of averaging between 16 and 18 per game this season. I don't think they need much more offensively from Wiggins than 20. To me, the bigger question for Wiggins is, can he be your go-to guy defensively along the perimeter? Because obviously – Draymond's going to have his share of work to do along the interior, but uh, they need someone to fill that defensive void of clay in terms of someone who can just match up with the James Hardens and the Bradley Beals of the world. And, um, you know, given the fact that he is going to have more on his play offensively with clay out, that's a huge ask. So if he can average 20, 21, something like that points per game for you and also be reliable defensively against those elite guys, that's a win. That that's more than you can ever ask for from him. Do we know? So uh, one of the exciting parts, I guess I'll use that word about next year is we're not sure about how these pieces fit together, right? We've never seen Steph and Wiggins play. We certainly have never seen Steph Wiggins and Draymond play as far as you know. I mean, they, they can't work out together because of COVID, but have they been talking with one another behind the scenes? Has there been any discussion about how their play can mesh? Have you guys explored that during the training camp press sessions? Yeah. Um, he talked, Wiggins kind of went out of his way to talk about it today. Um, you know, he, he, he said he played one game last season, if you remember with, with Steph and didn't actually shoot particularly well. I believe he finished with 21 points in that game, but he didn't shoot particularly well despite the fact that he had a bunch of wide open looks. Pretty close to and, 25. Yeah, and I, I looked at his I looked at his uh his numbers from last season today and he shot only 28% on open looks meaning guys between 4 and with no defender shots with no defender between 4 and 6 feet from him, but he shot like 39% on wide open shots meaning no one's within 6 feet of him. Yeah. And uh Steph gives that type of space to his teammates. Uh, We're talking wide open looks. And so I really think he's going to benefit from sharing the floor with someone like Steph. I think it's going to open up his game in a major way. Uh, Boys, we have a ton of Warrior stuff, so I'm going to make this fast. But I do have my own um, off-the-court report I wanted to run by us. So just as last week was Thanksgiving. And as you know, I've got a five-year-old kid. So obviously this wasn't her first Thanksgiving, but she's getting a little bit older. So this was the first time that she's old enough to understand at least a little bit about what's going on around her. And on this Thanksgiving, I got up kind of early and she was up too. And we had this random daddy-daughter moment where we're out in the living room and I have her on my lap and I'm making eye contact with her. And I'm like, you know, you mean so much to me, sweetie. And I'm so thankful to have you in my life. And I love you so much. And my kid pauses, looks up and goes, daddy, can I watch TV? And immediately leaves and watches like 45 minutes of TV. So if you guys are thinking about having kids, just know that they are completely f***ing thankless. Like I thought I had this like amazing moment. She was going to be like, you're a fantastic father. I got nothing back. Just nothing at all. That's, uh, that's brutal. Um, I can only, I can, I can see your, your face in my, in my mind's eye right now. Just crushed. Uh, I mean, can you see it crushed right now? Because I'm I'm sweating having, uh, having relived it. And instead of digging into my sorrow, let me ask you about, uh, Wanamaker. So the Warriors made a couple of moves. Um, one of them is they've added defensive guard, 31 year old, six, three Brad Wanamaker, 
Uh, Connor, tell me about him. I don't know that much about him. I've watched a little bit of film, but from your perspective, what does he add and why were the Warriors interested? Yeah, um, honestly, he's just a really savvy, solid backup point guard. And, you know, he's a guy who really is is more of a combo guard. He can also be kind of an undersized shooting guard if you need him to. So he can eat up some backup Clay Thompson or what would have been backup Clay Thompson minutes, but I guess they're going to be backup um, Andrew Wiggins slash Kelly Oubre minutes. Um, he's really strong physically. Um, you know, he, he makes good decisions on the court. He's not an amazing facilitator. Um, sometimes he gets a little bit of tunnel vision, especially on fast breaks, and he's not amazing at finishing around the rim, but he's a really good three-point shooter. He shot 44% from three in the Orlando bubble. Um, and I personally just love uh, I love what he represents. This is a guy who was undrafted out of Pittsburgh, played seven years overseas at a high level, played in Italy, France, Turkey, uh, left a $2 million contract in Istanbul to come stateside and take a minimum contract at around 800 grand uh, with, the, with the Celtics and then didn't play a lot his first year, but then last year was a, a really solid role player for them. From what I've heard, the Warriors had him high on their list for, for a, a potential backup point guard, and they're really pleased to get him. And they paid more than the minimum for him, which given their luxury tax situation shows how much they like him. Over under 25 points per game for Wanamaker. Jokes, <laughs> jokes. Uh, what I really want to ask is, so you've made it clear, and we've heard it from other people as well, that the Warriors' offseason plans changed the second, you know, Clay's Achilles changed. Um, and, and you've just told us that they probably wouldn't have gone after Ubre. How about Wanamaker? Was he always part of these plans if Clay had not gotten hurt? Would he be on the roster? I think he would be. I think he would be. They wanted a secondary ball handler. Um, and when they decided to draft Wiseman, um, that became a, a definite need. Uh, so I think I think he would have been on the roster regardless. Other guy is Kent Bazemore. Familiar name. I loved Kent. Uh, and when I think back on him, I think back to a time when the Warriors were not only good, but were joyful. You know, the second that Kent Bazemore's signing was announced, I like almost involuntarily did the OK sign with my uh, with my right hand and then put the three fingers up in the air, you know, just to, to relive old times. So we know what he adds to the team as far as skill set. So instead, I want to focus on an article you recently wrote, and what it pointed out was that other teams pursued him. In fact, other contenders offered Bazemore a contract, but he decided to come here instead. What contenders pursued him, and what led him back to Golden State? Yeah, Milwaukee, uh, the Lakers, Clippers, um, they were all after this guy, and I believe all the money was around a minimum, was around the same and he ultimately chose to go to Golden State, knowing that he probably won't be able to win a title at least this season with the Warriors. Um, just because I think he feels a certain loyalty to the franchise. This is obviously a team that picked him up off the, the scrap heap as an undrafted guy out of Old Dominion back in the day, um, impressed at Summer League and was able to get one of the final roster spots. Didn't play a ton for the Warriors in his year and a half with them, but he, he says he learned a lot from his time there, just learning what a, what a locker room should look like, what the ethos of a team should look like. And obviously we all know that he developed a close relationship with Steph in that, in that time period. This isn't just an NBA friendship. This is like a true buddies type situation. They, they spend their off time golfing together. They, they spend uh, holidays together. Um, they, they connect on, 
both being dads and being very religious. And uh, I think they kind of see the world in the same way. Obviously we all know they have that Under Armour connection, which is now infamous. Um, but I think that Bazemore is a perfect fit with this team on a minimum contract, not just from a basketball standpoint, point, but from just a locker room standpoint, he's already got the relationship with Steph and everyone likes him and he's a quality human being. Um, plus, you know what? He, he's a true three and D guy and, and he'll, he'll help fill the void a little bit with clay out. Do you know whether or not Baysmore and Steph have ever bonded over the fact that both of their kids shit house them on Thanksgiving and would have preferred watch TV than hang out with them? Like, has, has that ever been discussed or no? Uh, haven't had that conversation. Weird. Uh, you may want to ask. I, no, I you may want to ask. Yeah, I mean, because you're not a parent, so you wouldn't have thought of that immediately. So yeah, you may want to bring it up. Who knows what kind of right. gold uh, you'll get back? How fired up were you about the Baysmore signing, Maxime? I mean, old friend. You know, I mean, were you excited to hear it, or did it not really move the needle? Oh no, very excited to hear it. And I also love he he had a quote I think talking about that he was rooting for the team even when he wasn't in a Warriors uniform. How often does that happen with a free agent signing? You know, this guy lo- like wants to rep the the uniform. It's just like you don't get you don't get anything better than that. What's your personality, Connor? If if you were on a team and you know, you got close with all the guys and then you separated out, you you either traded out or you left on your own accord and now you're watching that team have success but you're no longer on them. Would you root for them or resent them, not pay attention? Who are you? <laughs> that's a good question um i would i would be happy for him honestly especially if i'm someone like Bazemore, because Bazemore's ad- addition or or absence on a team is not going to ultimately be a make or break for a championship pursuit um so if i'm that type of guy i'm like look i would i would like to be around for the for the ride but hey at least you're you're doing your thing without me if i if, if it's if, if i'm like a d-low type you know, like, you know, D'Lo gets traded at the deadline and the Warriors <laughs> just would take off and, and win a title the next year. I might feel some type of way about that because, I wonder, A, I didn't establish the bond that someone like Bazemore did. And B, you know, the fact my subtraction from that roster is a better. Now, I got you. Drive me crazy. So it's not really personality type. It's what you added to the team. If you felt like you really added to their success, you're on board. If you felt like they got better once you left, you'd like them to lose. I respect that, man. I, you well, know, I, if, you, <laughs> if you have a true ego, which every NBA player does, you would not feel that they actually got better because you left, but you would hear the <laughs> narrative out there that they got better because you left, and that would drive you insane. I don't know if I have a true ego, but I can confirm I am, in fact, a sick f- um, and I, you know, I mean, we all know on this call and anybody listening how I would react. So let's let's fire your prediction, Connor, at Maxime. I'm going to ask Maxime next how he'd feel. What do you think? You've you've gotten to know him. Do you think Maxime, if that happened to him, he'd be hella pissy, or he'd, would he be healthy like uh, Basemore was? I think he's got a little bit of brand in him. <laughs> Uh, Maxine, take us out of suspense. You you have contributed to a team. You're no longer on them. They're doing well. You happy or pissy? <laughs> no, I got a lot of Bram in me on this one. I would be pissed. <laughs> does does Bram have to be the standard for bad? Can we just say you know like I'd be pissed? I don't know. If we have to constantly use me as the go to. Did I say it was bad? bad Listen, that just means I have a healthy ego. <laughs> well, I think what I said, I was a sick, f- but I love you for having it back. Uh, back to the Warriors, Connor, far more importantly. Um, 
The Warrior fans, Dub Nation, have gotten really familiar with acronyms during the offseason. We talked about the MLE. We talked about the TPE. We have a new one, the DPE, the Disabled Player Exception. Not all news about clay injury is bad. The league has taken some pity, and they have offered the Warriors a 9 million plus change DPE exception for clay. What the hell is the DPE, and do you think they'll use it? Uh, the DPE is the designated player exception, which is basically a clause in the CBA where if a player is out for the season, they're going to throw you $9.3 million to go bring someone in who can help replace that injured player. Um, my understanding is the Warriors are planning to go into the season with 14 guys on their 15-man roster. Keep in mind the two-way contracts do not count against that 15-man roster. Um, so they'll have an open spot to, to use the DPE on someone on the buyout market or um, or at the trade deadline. Uh, there's just not really anyone left in free agency who would make a ton of sense to use that on. So they're going to be patient and uh, hope to go get someone who can really help. And as a part of that to kind of see, I mean, it feels like there's a lot of unanswered questions about this team that we are not going to have answers to until January, maybe February, how they fit in, who Ubre is, who Wiggins is, all these things. Is the only reason you think they're saving the DPs to see who's available, um, you know, once the buyout contracts happen? Or is there an element to this? They kind of want to see if they are contending, and if they are not, maybe they'll keep that DP in their pocket. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um I, I think right now they're expecting to use it. Um, Good. Now, if they're like completely out of playoff contention, um, that might change. Um, I'd be surprised if they were. I, I think that this team is good enough that they should at least be in the playoff picture. And if you're even if you're vying for like an eight seed, I think it's worth using the DP, um, even given their financial situation right now. And you know, you know, Joe Lacob, he's he's always been willing to spend big to win big, and I don't think that's going to stop. Joe Lacob strikes me as a guy with a true ego. Uh, so that, that kind of fits right into what we've been talking about. Well, let's see where we actually think these guys fit into the picture, boys. So there's a ton of questions about who the Warriors are in the West right now. Um, if you listen to people like me who are overly optimistic, they'll tell you that given this culture, given this talent, given who Wiseman could be and who Steph is, don't count the Warriors out. Maybe they'll still be in the top half of the West. The other side of that ball are people like ESPN. Um, ESPN literally just published an article that had the Warriors as 14th in the West. Not 9th, not 7th, not hanging around towards the playoff picture. Completely out of it and nowhere close. So what I want to do is figure out where we think they stand. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to break it up. This week, I'm going to give you boys the top four teams in the West last year. We're going to go through them one by one, see whether or not you think the Warriors can compete with them on paper. And then next week, we will tackle the remainder. And at the end of it, we'll see where we think these guys stand. And let's start with the Lakers. Yeah. So they have been active. Uh, Lakers lost some people. They lost Rondo. They lost JaVale. They lost Dwight Howard. But they replaced him, and probably with better players. They got Dennis Schroeder, uh, whose game is amazing, but hair is terrible. Mark Gasol and Montrezl Harrell. Um, let's start with you, Connor. On paper, because we don't know, right? A lot of open questions we'll see. But on paper, are the Lakers unquestionably better than, uh, than the Warriors this year? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and I agree. Max Amy on, on board as yep. well. Yep. Um, just to finish it out, let me ask you this, Connor. Are the Lakers better than last year? And do you view them as a prohibitive favorites to win it all? Yeah, I actually think they are. They've had argue, one of the best off seasons in the NBA coming off a title. It's scary. Uh, the Marcus Sol- uh edition was, was really interesting. I think that they really needed that type of floor spacer with that size. So, yeah, definitely they're better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only thing that could possibly get in the way of the Lakers improving and the only way that uh, Golden State could compete with them, and again, on paper, I don't think they can, is father time. You know, I mean, and I, I'm, I've made the mistake every year of bringing up, is this the year that father time catches LeBron? Every year it proves no, so I won't even throw out the question, but it's going to happen. You know, father time is undefeated. It's something that you hear on ESPN all the time. So if we are hoping against hope for the Lakers to take a back step, it'll be because of injury or old age, uh, but I don't foresee that happening immediately. Which brings the Clippers, they, a little bit less movement. So we just talked about Montrez Harrell leaving them and going to the Lakers, but they replaced him with Serge Ibaka, a guy I was kind of hoping the Warriors would pick up. Maxime, pick it up for us uh, on paper. No question. Clippers are better than the Warriors? Uh, yeah, no question. Yeah, me too. Connor, you on board with that as well? Yeah. Clippers still elite. So after we watched them kind of shit the bed last year, What's your perception of them as we enter into this year? Do you have questions, or do you think, kind of the way we did last year, that the Western Conference Finals should have all L.A. teams? I still have questions just because I think teams really prove their mettle in the playoffs and they completely laid an egg. Um, I think there's serious locker room issues, and I'm not sure that they really address those. I mean, obviously – Doc Rivers was kind of the scapegoat there. I'm not sure he was the problem. I think Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in the league. There's yeah. a reason why Philadelphia hired him immediately after that, after his firing. Um, and if anything, I think they took a step back with Ty Lue. Ty Lue, to me, is not a great coach. Um, so, no, I have plenty of question marks about them. But just from a talent perspective, from a, a depth perspective, they're they're probably number two in the West right now. And their urgency, right? I mean, because both of their big dogs, both Kawhi and PG – um, are on player options this year. So if they do not win a title this year or, or come damn close, that team could completely implode, and they have zero first-round picks until, like, 2075 or something. So, right. I mean, you know, they, they have to perform, and that could either be a really good thing or a bad thing. Um, number three in the West, the Nuggets. No real giant moves for them. They lost Jeremy Grant, but that probably isn't causing them any nightmares. If they're going to take major steps – it's going to be internal development. Uh, maybe Michael Porter uh, will move up. Maybe Jamal Murray will become the superstar he kind of looked like in the bubble. Um, for me, unfortunately, the Warriors aren't on their caliber either. At least on paper, the Nuggets are better. You boys agree? Yeah. I yeah, agree. definitely. Yeah, um, which leaves Houston. So this is our last chance to make an argument that the Warriors at least would have cracked the top four last year. They did make a major move. Huge trade this week. Uh, they traded out... Russell Westbrook, and they brought back in John Wall's terrible contract uh, and a first-round pick, although the first-rounder seems to be kind of a throwaway. Um, It's protected, and it's not for another couple of years. Before you compare them, Connor, Houston better or worse than they were last year? I think they're worse. I think they're and, – and you got to throw in the, the James Harden saga there, right? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with him. Even if he does come back, he's not going to be happy. Um, so I think they're – I think they're worse. I think they, their window has closed. 
And how about for the Warriors? So Warriors on paper versus Houston because this is the Warriors first are better one. than Houston. Oh, I would boy. say that they're better than Houston, but that's more of an indictment against Houston than anything. I think there's other teams that weren't in the top four last year who are better than the Warriors now. Port- yeah. Portland, I think, is better. Dallas. Um, yeah, Dallas, definitely Dallas. So, I mean, keep keep going up. So, uh, the, Marcus, Maxime, and I will explore our opinions next week in case we don't have you. I mean, take me through. Where do you think that these – so, we are now – we've already named three teams you think are better than the Warriors, right? So, we've got Lakers, there's one. We've got the Clippers, there's two. We've got the Nuggets, there's three. You just mentioned Dallas. There's four. How about Utah? You think they're better? I think Utah's probably better, too, right yeah, now. There's, there's five. How about Portland? You already said them, right? I think Portland's better, too. There's six. All right. Uh, so I would put them at seven in the West right now. Um, I think that right now this is a, a team that's between six and eight in the West. I think if everything goes right, and I mean everything, no yep. major injuries, you roll guys – exceed expectations uh Oubre uh sorry Wiggins can play at an all defensive team level I think that which is a huge if um I think that they're top four seed I think they're like the four seed but like I said I mean the the odds of that happening are so small let's use that as a transition man um so I have put together some would you rathers so with the idea being that maybe next year might be a difficult uh, road to hoe, much like last year for Warriors fans, I've got some decisions I want you to make, and this is aimed at all of us. Um, Connor, I want you to attack this as a beat writer. I'm going to attack it as a fan. Um, here's our first. Would you prefer have Steph win another MVP or another title? Another title, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Why? The team sport, after all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's my entire explanation. It's it, it, team accolades always need to be ahead of the individual accolade. Well, and I have also now that we've had the opportunity to actually experience what team success is as fans. There's no question, absolutely, that a title would be more fun. Um, so I'm and with he, you on if that. If he won an MVP this year, and they were like, I mean, there's a world where the world the Warriors could be like a four seed in the West, and he wins the MVP because. Yep. If if he plays at that level and they're able to get a four seed, that that is warranting of a or deserving of a MVP. But you know how excited are the fans going to be about that? Like I'm sure they'll be happy for Steph, but does it really mean anything in the grand scheme of things? Not really. Well, and if you if it's a this or that, right? I mean, if I just get that, Steph has an MVP season. Sure, man, that sounds great. I'll sign up for that, and I'd enjoy every evening of it. But if it's this, the the MVP season versus an actual title run, and I get everything that happens within the playoffs and the finals and everything else, you know, it's just it's just more fun. Um, right. Let me give you this one. All right, here's your two options. Option one: the Warriors beat the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Connor, it's another we believe eight beats one, but they lose in the second round. Or the Warriors miss the Lakers entirely in the playoffs, get out of the first round, get out of the second round but lose in the Western Conference Finals. Which one of those would you rather cover? Probably the latter. Um, that would be a pretty a pretty fun, exciting run. And given what the expectations are for this season, I, I think that that would be beyond a best-case scenario. Here's where we, we shift a little bit. So I forgot, man, how much I hate Laker fan. You know, they disappeared for like eight years. We didn't hear anything from them. And now that the Lakers are good again, everybody – is a Laker fan, and what I Laker forgot about them. Lakers fans have always been 
the bane of my existence. Yes. Okay. Uh, That's exactly right. Up in Portland, we literally had I had a beat LA shirt, and it wasn't even just like the Lakers, which is everything LA represents. Um, and I and I still feel that way. So the, the the beat LA chant is the only chant I can think of that is specific to a certain uh, fan base and certain team. You know, this fuck LA fan is true for almost every market. When I when I think. F the or f the Lakers. I think f every douchebag frat guy. You know. Who, Let's go. Exactly. Okay. So embrace the that. Kobe jersey. And and know? I will I will tell you right now that because of that, if I had to choose between these two, as a fan, I think I might take We Believe 2.0. I think I might like to be able to lord it over douchebag frat boy Laker fan for the next twenty years, as opposed to make it to the Western Conference Finals and lose. I think I would take that. Um, but let me give you this next one, and it's a hard one for me, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I wrote this question down earlier in the week, and I still don't know how the hell I'm going to answer it. But here it is. Option one, the Warriors you know, play to about their uh, potential. They earn an eighth seed in the West. They go in against the Lakers in the first round. Magic doesn't happen, and they lose. They go through a very difficult first-round loss to douchebag Lakers, and then we have to hear about it during the offseason, but they made the playoffs. Or they don't, Connor. They do not make the playoffs. Our nightmare happens. They end up being what ESPN thought. They're nowhere close to the playoffs, and now they're locked in for a top-five pick in a loaded draft next year. Of those two, which would you prefer? Definitely the latter. Um, a first-round exit is still a first-round exit at the end of the day. See, I... So the idea of signing up for another year like last year, and I mean, I'm sure this is true for you because, I mean, you traveled with them. You had to see it, you know, every second. Like having to go through that on a moment-by-moment basis sounds awful. So like them being contending, you know, like I kind of want to sign up for that. But the thing that sounds worse than having to watch them be crap for an entire year is having to watch them get their asses kicked in the first round by the Lakers. Like I just, that, that sounds so frustrating to me. So I think if I have, I was forced to it. If I had to give an answer right now, I think I'd go for the top five pick, but it it hurts my like face just to say it. If that makes any sense. I don't, I don't know if I can handle another year like last year. Understandable. And this is obviously coming from a fan's perspective. I'm not a fan. So it's, I'm kind of looking at it a little bit more from a big picture lens. Well, how about for the, uh, and obviously this is a guess, this is not reporting, this is an opinion. But if we caught Bob Myers in an unbelievable moment of clarity and honesty and asked him between these two, what would he prefer? What do you think he'd tell us? I think he would prefer the first round exit. I think I think everyone in the organization would <laughs> struggle with, with another rebuild. Uh, and I, the thing is, Franchises, even franchises that are as strong internally as the Warriors are, and have a, a culture as strong as the Warriors do, they only only so many franchises can put up with that level of losing two straight years. I mean, it would it would literally yeah. threaten to erode everything the Warriors have built. No, that makes so. sense. And and communicating to the team we need to lose this year is exactly what you're saying that that would go against right. the culture. Yeah. Uh, last question, and maybe my most important: Did you see Jake Paul knock out Nate Robinson? I watched highlights. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was, I mean, that's it was cringeworthy for sure. It, I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, does the fact that he got knocked the f- out 
by a YouTuber make you like reevaluate NBA fights at all? Like I've asked you multiple times, do you think that, you know, could you fight this guy? Could you fight that guy? And what we may have just learned is that even though these guys are incredible athletes, that doesn't mean they can immediately fight. So let me ask it this way. Do you think you could last three rounds with Nate Robinson in the ring? I, yeah, uh, I actually do solely because I have a huge height advantage over him. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, the distance with my punch would, would help. You know, it's weird. We actually have Nate Robinson on the other line. I'm, I'm going to bring him in now so that we can set up the fight. I hope you're ready. No, I, uh, I, I, so I want to tell you, I think I could beat him too, but I've already spit into this mic so many times I can't fight for shit. Even after watching him get knocked out by a YouTuber, I think that Nate Robinson could still take me. I, I do think that. So it's unfortunate, but practical reality. What am I going to say? Connor, I appreciate you, man. Huge fun today. You know I always feel that. And I know how busy you were and you got a lot of things on your plate. For those of us who need to get as much Connor Letourneau knowledge on the Warriors as we can possibly get, where should we go? Uh, follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron. Um, read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com. And I also have my own podcast, Warriors Off Court. Uh, just had a new episode today. Check that out. Phenomenal. Thank you, man. For us, you want to let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job, hit us up on our Gmail account, warriorshuddle.gmail.com. And our Twitter account is at warriorshuddle. We appreciate you. Go Warriors. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. Good, good. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.